pull up a seat and get ready to find out just how valuable God thinks you are. My name is Johnny and I'm the host of this podcast. My goal here is to be honest and transparent because I want you to know that there's somebody out there that gets it. Through each episode, I hope that you're reminded that you are wildly sought after by a really good God. Hey guys, so I just want to start by saying that I am so happy that you guys have been loving the clothing line that I launched. It's also called Thought After, just like this podcast, because they go hand in hand together. And the whole point of that merchandise on my website is to avoid those awkward icebreakers about the gospel. And it's all there so that you'll be able to strike up conversations with strangers without being super uncomfortable, because you're not really the one starting the conversation. So if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, I have a merch store on johnnynicole.com and it has sweatshirts and shirts with coordinates of significant places in the Bible. So I have been wearing my Jordan River sweatshirt a ton and each time I go out in public with that on, at least one person will ask me what those numbers mean. And I tell them that I'm a Christian And the other day I was even able to invite someone to my church because they were in the same town as me. So anyway, if you can, please check out the sought after clothing line. I'm super proud of all of the designs my team and I made. And we're just really excited about how it's going to further the kingdom of God. So anyway, I am really happy that you're here to listen to this podcast on squashing comparison. I wish you guys could see me right now because I just put a little mirror on my desk so I could preach this to myself because God knows I need to hear every word. Honestly, this has been one of the biggest struggles for me and it's a little difficult because sometimes I buy the lie that I can't teach somebody something if I still struggle with it myself, but that's not true. None of us have arrived. None of us are without flaws and maybe just sitting with you in the dark and figuring this whole life thing out together is exactly what you need. You don't want to hear a podcast episode by someone who has all of their decks in a row already. I think you just want someone who gets what it feels like to feel less than and I really do get it. And my comparison issue was an issue for so long in college, which was actually really recently. Each time I would be out in public and I saw someone with shinier hair or a bigger smile or longer legs, I would just get a flat out panic attack and I would have to find the nearest restroom and try to control my breathing. Like I would look in the mirror and have to just breathe with myself. And that sounds weird, but anybody that struggles with anxiety knows exactly what I mean. So my comparison issues, they were really bad. And we don't feel that way because those people that we see are intentionally trying to make us feel that way. But it's something about this worldly standard of beauty that is so smushed into our brains that we're always doubting our own beauty. And this is something, again, that still plagues me to this day. And it's pretty horrible when my husband is around and I see someone who looks like she just got done walking the runway and I just sink into my chair and I just want to vanish into thin air. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't wish that that was his wife instead of me and it's just such a trigger and I freak out even though Ron my husband has never given me a reason to think he would be unfaithful I'm just being brutally real here that this is a struggle for me and I have invasive 
crazy obsessive thoughts that make no sense. And it's definitely embarrassing to admit all of this, but I do it in hopes that you'll feel understood if you have these irrational fears as well. So one big thing for me, he works for an accounting firm in Boston, and each year they have this massive Christmas party with about 4,000 people. And it takes me six months I'm not even kidding, to pick out an outfit and prepare myself mentally for it. And sadly, we have left early every single year for the last three years because, again, it's such a trigger for me to be around a ton of girls that are all dressed up. And maybe all of this is because my dad cheated on his wife with my mom and had me. Maybe it's because growing up, looks were considered everything. Maybe it's because I was really bullied in the eighth grade, or maybe it's because this generation is just rough when it comes to their definition of beauty. Maybe, just maybe, it's because I'm a four on the Enneagram and it's known publicly that fours struggle hard with envy. Whatever it is, I'm here for it. And this is where I am in life. This is my reality and it's an everyday struggle. And yes, it was worse in college, but I still have that wrestling even now, and some days are better than others, and I know I'm on a journey now of true healing, but there are still times where I am super down in the dumps about it. And the worst kind of days, um, those days are when I wake up and before I reach for my Bible, I reach for my phone and I begin getting just sucked in. I click on the popular page of Instagram, I see a cute couple in a perfect kitchen, and then I start obsessing over every aspect of this stranger's life. And I just want to say this here, it's easy to get caught up in the lie that the highlight reel is real, but the highlight reel is not real. And it's not even 7 a.m. yet, already my stomach is in knots, and then it makes me super moody to whoever I talk to because one, I did not spend any time with Jesus, and two, I am filled with jealousy over a life that doesn't even exist. It's just fabricated. And guys, comparing ourselves to others, it's not just a bad habit. According to the Bible, it's actually a sin. And we are called to rid ourselves of all sin and run with all of our might towards the cross and die knowing that we tried to resemble Christ to the best of our ability. And this may be the thorn in our flesh, right? Like insecurities and comparison might be with us and it might be really difficult, but that doesn't mean that that thorn doesn't bow at the name of Jesus. The gospel message is a radical acceptance by the King of Kings, and it starts by knowing that we're completely sinful and way more messed up than we can actually fathom. We're never going to be perfect. But God, through Christ, has totally accepted us, and we are fully known and wildly pursued by Him, and we are erasing the true essence of the gospel if we say that we need to be more loved and more known. We're looking the gospel in the eye, essentially, and saying, what you say is untrue, I need to work harder to be accepted. That's not the gospel. So again, I learn best when I break things up into little segments, so I want to break up practical ways that we can squash comparison and be comfortable in who God made us to be together. The first practical way slash tip that I can give you is this. Look in the Bible more than you look in the mirror. I'm going to say that again. Look in the Bible more than you look in the mirror. So my husband calls me a vampire. 
Sometimes when I feel like my skin is breaking out or my pores are just clogged, I function with basically no lights on at all in our house. I cook in the dark, I do my hair in the dark, I watch TV in the dark. I just don't want myself or anybody else seeing any imperfections that I have. And this is obsessive. It is. And I realized that each time I'd wake up, I'd spend way more time staring at the physical mirror, wondering if it should be a lights on or lights off kind of day than I would be in the Bible at all. And I know that this sounds more like insecurities than it does comparison issues, but they go together. We would not compare ourselves continually with others if we were truly secure in ourselves. And we're not secure in ourselves because we don't spend time with the one who holds our security. So you go out or you scroll on your phone and you're looking at everything with your flesh eyes instead of your spiritual eyes and you begin those unhealthy habits. And gosh, I just need to say your value doesn't come from how you compare to other people. And when we judge others based on a few single characteristics that we notice like their weight or their style, we're totally objectifying them. And us girls are sometimes worse than most men. Men judge girls on their looks for lust purposes, right? And women judge women for their looks for comparison purposes. Either way, it's a sin and it's wrong but it can be stopped. There is hope in this. And I do want to bring one scripture to mind for you and for me. In the book of Mark, it says to love your neighbor. It doesn't tell us to be better than our neighbor or to compete with our neighbor. It tells us to simply love them. And trust me, we will not be able to fully love our neighbor if we are always trying to prove that we're better than them. And this came true specifically in one scenario that I can remember in my life. I was in a worship band one summer. It was a blast and we traveled the whole Northeast and sang worship songs for youth camps and churches. And one week we went upstate and this girl was there and all the boys and all the girls gawked over this girl and wanted to be her friend. And I remember that every time I was around her, I would shrink back and not talk at all. And honestly, most of the time I just tried to avoid her. And one night I was leading worship and the spirit was just there. I was jumping around on stage and praying for all of these young people. And God had us extend our worship time and I started singing this spontaneous melody to the Lord and everyone there had their hands raised and it was just really powerful and I just remember now being just lost in his presence I just felt God so so tangibly and when I got off stage I saw that popular girl waiting for me and she asked if we could talk which was really odd because I had been there for a week and we had never talked before because I was so intimidated by her so I said yes and I led her back to the cabin that I was staying in and she sat on my bed and she said this I'll never forget it she said I'm so jealous of you I wish I loved God like you did I keep giving my body to guides and I feel worthless all the time how do I get a fire for Jesus and I was speechless, guys. I confessed to her that I was actually not as great as she thought because I had been envying her big time and was super nervous to be around her. But she felt the same way about me, she said. And she said that she found me so beautiful and wanted to love and feel God the way that I did. And that night, it was just so freeing for both of us because we were stripped down out of our own judgments and we were faced with the simple truth that we were both just young girls trying to understand what this whole life thing was about. We were just trying to get it right. And even though Satan was trying to separate us big time, we were actually brought together that night. 
God taught me so much in that moment, and I always use this story to prove my point on insecurities. She was just a normal girl with a ton of brokenness, and I had objectified her to not even a real human. I objectified her to just a body and nice clothes and crossed her off the list of someone I would ever be friends with. And now we're friends on Facebook and Instagram, and we comment on each other's stuff all the time and support each other, but my point is this. Do you know how many times you have probably done that with strangers? You've most likely sacrificed a potential great friend or a potential person you could have shared the gospel with, all because the enemy tempted you to believe lies. You spend way too much time looking in the mirror. And not just a physical mirror, but you spend way too much time looking in the mirror by taking and editing your photos, picking out the perfect outfit to wear, checking yourself out in every reflection in public just to make sure you look your best, not leaving the house if you feel like your skin isn't as perfect as you'd like. And that's what I mean by mirror. We spend way too much time worrying about ourselves. We spend way too much time caught up in selfishness and it's got to stop and it can be stopped by spending more time looking at the Bible than we do looking at the mirror. And I don't just mean spend eight hours a day with your face in the Bible. What I mean is do your daily devotions, get on your knees and pray, listen to a podcast throughout the day or a sermon, keep worship music blasting, hang up sticky notes with Bible verses on them. And you may say that's hard work. It's really hard to do that. It's easier to operate in my flesh. It's easier to just keep doing what I'm doing. And I hear you. But this is what carrying a cross is all about. This is the Christian walk right here. This is the sacrifice. It's doing the things that are tough. And this is the first step. Look at the Bible more than you look at the mirror. It takes 66 days, I believe, for something to be a total habit. So start today. Everyday tips for you may be to put your phone on the opposite side of the room so you don't reach for it in the morning. It may be to limit your time on social media to only 30 minutes each day. It may be to just ask your mom or dad or husband or boyfriend to hold you accountable and to ask you what you're learning about Christ and what he's showing you. And this leads me to the next practical point to squash comparison. So number two is choose to compliment the ones that make you the most insecure. I'm going to say that again. Number two is choose to compliment the ones who make you the most insecure. So this is what God has been teaching me. If you see a beautiful quality about somebody, tell them. There have been so many times that I see something magical about somebody and I intentionally hold back my words and I think maybe it'll make them prideful or maybe it'll make them a total snob or maybe they'll think I'm kissing up to them, but I hate that mindset and I don't want to live in it anymore. And instead of building other women up, I choose to do the opposite and I just come to this conclusion about them in my mind before ever getting to know them. And maybe... I'm just being brutally raw and honest, but maybe I'll try to find some flaws about them so I can wind up feeling better about myself. But y'all, the world needs less people to point out the flaws in somebody and more people to scream out their positive attributes. I used to have the purest intentions and be out in public and give compliments like crazy and comment on people's photos with encouraging things, but slowly, without knowing it happened, the world and sin tainted my heart. And I bought the lie that it would make them feel greater than I was. And again, I, I don't know when the loving your neighbor verse translated into compete with your neighbor in my mind, but it did. 
And I challenge you and I challenge myself. I don't care if they have every single quality and trigger that makes us sick. Starve your flesh that wants to run away and judge them. And I'm going to starve mine. Tell them the positive things that you see in them. And forget about the other people around you that might hear it and give them even more affirmation. Just do it. This is how you feed your spirit. This is when you make the devil and all of his little friends cry. This is when you do kingdom work and build up treasures in heaven. And I know you've lived in this mindset for so long, and I have too, but Lamentations says that his mercies are new every day, and they are new every morning. So if you wake up tomorrow, take it as God giving you a blank canvas to try again. And I gotta tell you, I've been giving compliments to others lately, and I live in Boston. I don't live in the South where everyone is known to be super nice and sweet, and the people here can be very rude, you can say, and I totally love Boston so much, I don't think I'd ever leave, but people can just be a little hard around the edges. So I give compliments to people, and they look at me like I'm crazy and they're way too cool for school and it's like okay lord maybe they secretly needed that and they're just not showing it and I'm going to trust you and it takes everything in me to say the compliment because they were such jerks to me and I anticipate that they're going to be jerks but it's fine because there are rare ones in there that I compliment that hold their hearts and say wow I really needed that today thank you so much and I know God is working through my obedience I totally know that words could shake the walls of hell because one time I was in an airport after hearing some pretty devastating news. I mean, I was shattered. I could not stop crying on an airport bench and it wasn't just a few tears either. It was straight up like an ugly, ugly cry. And I was there for about four hours before I even boarded a flight. And the whole time I was just bawling, not quietly either. And some people saw me for hours at a time and would just stare. And I didn't think twice about it. It was whatever. But then one young girl came up to me and said, this may make you mad because you seem really on edge right now, but I just want to come up to you and tell you that you are going to be okay. And this is going to get better. And I just held her hand for a moment. And of course, that made me cry even harder. But all of that to say, yes, I was crying and I was physically upset. And even though I was basically holding a banner that said, I am not all right right now, only one person came up to talk to me. Only one. So what about the people that look like they have it all together? What about the people that are wrapped up with a little bow, but inside they are totally falling apart with insecurities? Do you know how many people probably talk to them? Probably zero. We don't know who they are, but we are commanded by God to spread his love. So whether they make me feel small or nervous, I choose to step into his calling for me and compliment them anyway. And I tell them that I think they're beautiful or that their laugh is adorable or that they smell good. And some people think I'm crazy, especially at the gym when I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, I love how hard you work out. It's so motivating. And they're like, okay, thanks. But I do it anyway, because again, who knows if they're going to think about that and say, wow, that was so needed. And again, there are some people that are just so moved that I step into that and say this stuff to them. So know this. Genuinely complimenting others outwardly keeps us from complaining inwardly and cultivating a critical spirit. So begin giving compliments. Begin talking to the people that make you want to run away. Conquer your fears and watch God bless you with more of his peace, more of his presence, and more of his confidence. So this leads me to point number three on squashing comparison. Find and keep 
a community. So point number three is find and keep a community. Ron and I just became members of an awesome church here in Boston, and it's been amazing. So I joined a nursing home ministry, which has been the highlight of my life each month, and I joined a really meaty Bible study each Thursday night as well. So how does community and comparison relate at all? Well, community actually challenges you to be more like Jesus. Nothing makes you more like Christ than the daily grind of interactions with others. You have to die to yourself and have your thoughts and ideas challenged and understand how to jive with other people. You dig deep and become raw with others and realize that humans are way more complex than our minds think they are. And so many people think that marriage is just a part of this refining process, but we really do grow in the areas that we are weak when we have people to confess our sins to and hold us accountable and enable us to move forward. And one time in particular, I was with my small group and I was telling them that I really lacked confidence and I was about to do something really big. I had an event that I was going to speak at and they talked to me. They talked to me and one thing that they said is something I'll never forget. They asked me if I knew what true confidence was. And I said, um, okay, true confidence is believing that you'll be liked by everybody. And they said, no, true confidence is knowing that you'll be just fine if everybody doesn't like you. And this changed the game for me. I was like, okay, truth bomb, mic drop. And that's my point. If you want nuggets of wisdom that directly speak to you and your own life and your own struggles, you need to be connected with people. And I'm a big time introvert. So if any of you guys are introverts, (laughs) trust me when I say I know how hard it is to embed yourself into a group. I hate small talk and I'm not a regular girl that enjoys mindless talks about frilly clothes or The Bachelor. I've always been way deeper than that. And a lot of girls my age don't really understand me. So How did I get past that? Well, my small group that I go to is all over the age of 65, with the exception of one other girl in her late 20s, and I'm part of the nursing home ministry where everyone is over the age of 70, Um, and I love that. I grab a hold of their wisdom, and I never let it go, and it has opened my eyes to see the needs of others, and it's shown me where my gifts are, and it's honestly just empowered me, and I have the deepest and most fulfilling friendships with so many folks from the church now, and it's like my own little spiritual family, and trust me, you'll really suffer spiritually if you don't as well. So those are the three ways to squash comparison. Looking in the Bible more than you look in the mirror. It's giving compliments to the people that make you insecure. And it's finding and keeping a community. And you guys, if if you don't squash comparison once and for all, you're going to find yourself in such an emotional prison. And it may look like you're locked in there forever, but you're not. The door is wide open. You can walk out anytime you need to. And you don't have to just stay in the prison cell because you're comfortable there because it's what you know. The Lord has made you free. Now you just have to walk like you believe it. And now again, I I don't say that the door of the prison is wide open to make this sound like it's easy to walk out. You could have deep childhood wounds that make you compare yourself to everybody that you see just like I do. But I just need you to know that it is possible to change your outlook and it is possible to live without that baggage all of the time. And if you're planning on having kids one day or maybe you already have them, 
you are responsible for breaking those generational curses for them. And if you struggle deeply with insecurities, your daughter will see that and she'll struggle too. So fight for your future babies or just this future generation in general. They have enough women to look up to that know how to do their hair and wear stylish outfits. They don't have enough women to look up to that walk in the peace and the love of Christ. So God has given us everything we need in Christ, all the acceptance and all of the love. And I know I've said this before, but we're fully known and wildly pursued by the King of Kings. And I have a shirt that says that on my merch store, johnnynicole.com. We have everything when we look to him. And I love wearing that shirt because every time I look in the mirror or every time I just see it, I'm reminded that I am pursued by the King of Kings, even though he knows me deeply and sees all of my flaws. But this world, guys, this world, it's forever trying to point out things that should be ours. And it creates in us this sense of entitlement. And Satan points us to this road of discontentment. But to be content, we need to be able to praise God in all circumstances. We need to hold on to the verse in Romans where God says that in all things, even the things that we don't like about ourselves physically, will be used for the good if we love God. And if we're facing this trial and if we're having a hard time, we need to know that God is more concerned about making us look more like Jesus than he is concerned with anything else. And that's his goal. And we have to keep that in the back of our minds so we don't become depressed or filled with anxiety because we know that there's a hope and that there's a goal. And we can look to Paul in the Bible for inspiration as well. He was beaten and he was imprisoned and stoned. And still in the chains he was in, he wrote a letter to the church that he was content no matter what his circumstances were. And so we don't have to be thankful for where we are in life, but we can be content where we are because we can praise God for his character because he's always the same. And y'all, I don't even know if I could do this on a podcast, but if you're listening to this and if you're struggling with squashing comparison, my heart just feels for you. And I'm with you in this season. And I do my best to answer all of the messages that I receive. So reach out to me. But I'm going to end this podcast praying for each one of you listening today. So here we go. God, I lift up each person listening to this podcast, whether they're listening to this podcast the week it came out or years down the road, hear my heart for them. Lord, please help them and myself to find security in you alone. I pray that we understand who we belong to and that your view of us is enough to fulfill our needs. That, Lord, we don't have to keep trying to size up against others and strive to come out ahead or on top because, God, we're tired. This insecurity burden that your daughters carry have us weary and on the verge of giving up. So speak to us today. Give us a supernatural strength to try again and squash this once and for all. Give us a humble heart and surround us with an army of angels so that we're not attacked by the enemy and his lies. Help us to remember that apart from you, Jesus, there's nothing we can do to impress anybody. Bring us back to when we first got saved. Remind us, God, what it was like to have our eyes solely focused on you and nothing of this world. Speak to our hearts and let us know that we are just passing through here and that this life is just a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of your bigger picture. Give us your strength and your peace and make us more like you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.